0: It's 6 p.m. and you are listening to community-supported radio, KVMR-FM Nevada City, KCPC Camino. Today is Friday, April 9th, 2021. I'm Joyce Miller, and this is the KVMR Evening News. Right after the BBC headlines, the Racial Reckoning Project has testimony from the Derek Chauvin trial, where this week the focus has been on medical evidence. Then the California Report has an update on funds in the pipeline for fire prevention, plus a report on the essential role Punjabi truckers have played in the pandemic. A roundup of regional cultural news and weekend weather follows. Finally, Tyler Blue, director of music for the Crazy Horse Saloon in Nevada City, talks to Felton Pruitt about the club's plans to bring back live music in
1: June.
2: This is Racial Reckoning, The Arc of Justice. Here's Faven Gorinskaher with today's update.
1: Thursday, the jury in the Derek Chauvin trial heard expert medical witnesses testify as to how low oxygen levels led to George Floyd's death. Pulmonologist and critical care physician Dr. Martin Tobin presented what he viewed after the first five minutes of restraint.
3: We're seeing that the level of oxygen has gone down to zero. That there is, at that point, there's not an ounce of oxygen left in his body.
1: Dr. Tobin explained that the combination of being handcuffed while held chest down on the street and having knees to his neck and back would have seriously inhibited Floyd's lung capacity. He pointed out moments throughout the video showing Floyd's body resisting against these forces to find air.
3: So he's using his fingers and his knuckles against the street to try and crank up the right side of his chest. This is his only way to try and get air to get into the right lung.
1: The defense's stance is that George Floyd died of a drug overdose, not due to asphyxiation caused by Derek Chauvin's knee on his neck. But later witnesses to the stand agreed with Tobin's claim that drug use had no impact on Floyd's oxygen levels. Dr. William Smock, a surgeon and forensic specialist with the Louisville Police Department, added that Floyd's behavior was inconsistent with an overdose or with delirium.
4: He's breathing. He's talking. He's not snoring. He is saying, please, please get off of me. I want to breathe. I can't breathe. That is not a fentanyl overdose, that is somebody begging to breathe
1: the experts noted that low oxygen levels would not show up in an autopsy. For the Racial Reckoning Project, this is Faven Had.
2: Racial Reckoning, the Arc of Justice, is produced and supported by Ampers, diverse radio for Minnesota's communities, in partnership with KMLJ Radio and the Minnesota Humanities Center. Online at racialreckoningmn.org. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. As we still recover from last year's record-setting blazes, drought and dry conditions could make 2021 a very dangerous year when it comes to the possibility of big wildfires breaking out in California. To make sure the state is ready, Governor Gavin Newsom and legislative leaders have unveiled a more than half a billion dollar fire preparation spending proposal. Here's Newsom speaking about that yesterday in Fresno County. To the legislature's credit and to the leadership of the California legislature, uh, they wanted to move forward uh, more aggressively and draw down $536 million to get moving now, to get that ball rolling and to start those efforts with the urgency this moment requires. The money would be spent on prescribed burns and vegetation and brush clearance to remove raw fire fuel in the landscape. Older homes that don't meet modern fire codes would also be updated with the funds. State Senate President Tony Atkins says that for every dollar California spends on fire prevention, it saves six to seven dollars in damage. Let's turn to immigration. The Pomona Fairplex in L.A. County will be the latest site in California to be used as a temporary shelter for unaccompanied migrant children. In making the announcement, L.A. County Supervisor Hilda Solis says L.A. County has a responsibility and opportunity to unaccompanied minors coming to the U.S. She adds that this is not just a border crisis, but is everyone's crisis. It's still not clear when the site will open. The cities of Long Beach and San Diego have turned their convention centers into temporary migrants shelters. And turning to the pandemic, California's health agencies offer information about COVID-19 in many languages, including Spanish, Hmong, and American Sign Language. But one language that's largely been missing is Punjabi. As KVPR's Carrie Klein reports, that's despite the fact that many who speak the language have kept this country running during the pandemic.
5: The cab of Sonny Graywall's 18-wheeler is neat and tidy. Bunk beds with red checkered sheets and gray interior cabinets that hide a fridge, microwave, and sweets from his native India.
3: We call it gur, you know, g u r. You can put it in a tea, or you can have a like small piece after the food.
5: Graywall is a truck owner-operator based in Fresno. He drives 150,000 miles a year, crisscrossing the country to deliver produce and cleaning supplies like hand sanitizer.
3: If nurses want to, you know, take care of you, they need the stuff that we bring. Do you want to buy a food to stay home? Do you want to stock the food in your house? We bring that food.
5: The state of California designated truckers as essential workers, but that status hasn't carried any tangible advantages. No requirements that rest stops be open, no hazard pay, and no priority access to the vaccine. Graywall is also one of an estimated hundreds of thousands of truckers who are sick, SIKH, from the Northern Indian state of Punjab. A trucking association estimates Punjabi Sikhs control as much as 40 percent of California's trucking industry, and yet few public health departments offer COVID information in Punjabi.
2: It makes me feel left over, you know.
5: That lack of information has had consequences for the whole community, says Munpreet Kaur of the nonprofit Chakara movement, especially in the early days of the pandemic. The information was just always missing, or it was too late, or it was shared in a way that wasn't easily understood. So early on, the Chikara movement began translating important health information into Punjabi, visiting temples to register people for tests and vaccines, and creating culturally sensitive videos and graphics. How to tie a mask around your turban, for one. You know, if, if your mask is not accessible to wear based on different headwear, that's already one more extra step that someone has to take in, in being safe. Truckers and other Punjabi Sikhs have also come to rely heavily on Punjabi Radio USA, a Punjabi-language radio station and internet stream with 24 hours of music, religious programs, and news.
4: Punjabi Radio USA Since
5: the pandemic began, the station has doubled its news programming and features call-in shows focused just on COVID. Here's Fresno-based announcer and engineer Raj Beer Singh.
3: So
4: we took that challenge and made our responsibility that, okay, We have to make this uh, our priority to give information as much as possible to our community.
5: Most health agencies in California offer only selected documents in Punjabi or an automated translation via Google Translate. Singh says it's frustrating to see his community left in the dark.
4: I know people can argue, okay, they need to know English. Okay, they need to know English, but how are they reaching out? There is no outreach to them. Even the health officials or the departments, they are not contacting us.
5: Until recently, that is. Singh says the State Department of Health has gotten in touch for some vaccine outreach. Punjabi was recently added to the state's online vaccine scheduling tool, My Turn. And Fresno County has been working with the Chikara movement for vaccine clinics. Next week, all Californians over age 16 will be eligible for the COVID vaccine. That includes truckers, though Sonny Graywall still thinks they should have been prioritized earlier, alongside first responders.
3: They should start thinking about truckers seriously, how much we help. I know it's our job, but we still are humans too.
5: His suggestion? Offer shots at rest stops, where so many truckers pass by every day. For the California Report, I'm Carrie Klein in Fresno.
2: And finally, some good news as crews are well ahead of schedule as they repair a huge hole in Highway 1 and Big Sur that developed during storms earlier this year. Caltrans says the roadway is likely to fully reopen by the end of April, nearly two months ahead of schedule. The two-lane highway with breathtaking views washed out after heavy storms hit the area in late January. The Big Sur area received up to 15 inches of rain over two days. Caltrans says the recent dry weather has helped crews working to get the iconic roadway fixed. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 800 drop-off sites in
4: California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone, everywhere. And California Healthcare Foundation, ensuring the voices of Californians are heard in California's decisions about healthcare, on the web at chcf.org
0: voices.
2: And that's the California Report for Friday, April 9th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Keith Mizuguchi. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. Our director of news is Vinnie Tong. Our executive editor is Ethan Lindsay. And our chief content officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend.
0: A traffic alert for anyone headed for the high country. A large rock slide this morning closed both lanes of Highway 50 east of Echo Summit in El Dorado County, causing long traffic delays. Caltrans this afternoon was still working to clear the road of some very large boulders to make it safe enough to open one lane. If you plan to travel in that vicinity on Highway 50, check with Caltrans first about road conditions. In your weekend entertainment... At 7 this evening, the winners of a Young Musicians competition sponsored by Music in the Mountains and local Rotary Clubs will be showcased at a concert on the Music in the Mountains YouTube channel. In March of last year, Music in the Mountains and Rotary Clubs of Western Nevada County announced their first joint Young Musicians competition. Young artists submitted their performances via video, and professional musicians scored the performances and selected the winners. The concert will feature the top 12 competition videos. During the virtual showcase, the overall winner will be granted the Paul Perry Award in memory of Music in the Mountains founding artistic director. The showcase will be available on YouTube through the weekend. The Center for the Arts in Grass Valley is gearing up at 7 tonight for a virtual album release show by the Chris Kane Quartet. Join online to celebrate the release of Raisin Kane which has been called a soulful stew of Memphis-style electric blues. On Sunday at 4 p.m., the Center will offer an online opportunity to learn how to brew beer with Three Forks brewmaster Dave Cowie. In partnership with the Grass Valley Downtown Association, the Center for the Arts is presenting the second Saturday Art Walk from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Saturday at various locations on Mill Street and Main Street in Grass Valley. Sierra Poetry Festival will celebrate the spoken word at its fifth annual festival Saturday and Sunday. This year, with the theme of Remembering, the festival will feature poets, musicians, literary critics, and presenters from across the world. Information on the program, presenters, and how to register is at sierrapoetryfestival.org. The festival offers access to workshops, readings, open mics, and conversations at no cost. The organizers request that audiences please take advantage of this beautiful gift as COVID wears on and a silver lining forms around its cloud. This weekend at the Miner's Foundry in downtown Nevada City, at 2 p.m. Saturday, vocalist Tamara Foyer and pianist Alan Feeney will team up to perform a diverse set of tunes. On Sunday from 3 to 6 p.m., Ludie Hendricks will be live on the Foundry patio for a Sunday afternoon of jazz freeform composition, poems from Hafiz, and more. The Foundry is also planning a comedy night, April 16th. More information is available on its website. The NorCal Fringe Theater Festival, formerly known as the Nugget Fringe, returns for a second weekend with a plethora of performances in virtual form. Find out more at norcalfringe.org. Sierra Presbyterian Church in Nevada City is sponsoring a free drive-up food distribution from 11 to 4 Saturday or until supplies run out. And finally, reservations close today for a drive through Italian pasta dinner on April 17th, a fundraiser for the Nevada County Fairgrounds. The Fairgrounds Foundation is hosting the dinner in partnership with the Foothill Lions Club. All orders must be placed by today. Pickup is on April 17th between 4 and 6 p.m. at Gate 2 of the Nevada County Fairgrounds. This event is pre-sale only with no on-site sales. Tickets are available at NevadaCountyFair.com. All proceeds benefit the Nevada County Fairgrounds. In the regional weather forecast for the weekend, dry and warm with above-average temperatures into next week, potentially breezy early next week. There is no precipitation in the forecast for the next 10 days. Tonight in Nevada City and Grass Valley, clear with a low of 51 degrees and light and variable winds. Sunny Saturday with a high near 70 degrees and a low of 52 with light winds. On Sunday in Nevada City and Grass Valley, mainly sunny with a high of 73 degrees and a low of 53 Tonight in Truckee, clear with a low in the mid-20s. Saturday and Sunday in Truckee, sunny with highs in the mid-60s and lows near 30. Truckee will have mostly sunny days through next week with a slight cooling trend. In Sacramento, clear skies tonight with a low of 44 degrees. Saturday in Sacramento, sunny with a high near 80 and a low of 47. Slightly warmer Sunday in Sacramento with a high of 83 and a low of 48. Slightly cooler midweek in Sacramento with highs in the mid-80s returning next weekend. Is the return of the geezer gig on the horizon for Nevada City? Felton Pruitt gets the scoop from Tyler Blue of the Crazy Horse Saloon.
4: We're talking with Tyler Blue, the director of music for the Crazy Horse Saloon in downtown Nevada City. Tyler, it's good to talk with you. It's been a while. It's
3: great to hear your voice, Felton. Mm.
4: Everybody longing to get back into the music venues and, of course, the Crazy Horse Saloon, one of the historic venues in Nevada City for, do you know how long it goes back?
3: Of course, it's been the Crazy Horse since 1965, and the building has been there since 1862, and its current incarnation started in 1965, and then it underwent a major change in 2012 when it changed hands and was renovated, and so the uh, present era began in December of 2012.
4: So then, of course, last March, things changed with the pandemic hitting the whole world. You've had to go through, you can open a little bit, you can't be open, you can't even mention that you exist, and all of these things. And now things look like they might be opening. Uh, Governor Newsom saying that venues can relax a little bit starting in June. Where is the crazy horse right now?
3: The crazy horse is really taking things one step at a time and not being overly optimistic about the future. We're, of course, hopeful that we will be able to get music going again soon. But with all the fluctuations with this process, we're just being patient and waiting to see what happens. So, you've got a
4: soft opening, is what you're calling it, planned for maybe the beginning of June?
3: What's happened over this last year is, you know, of course, so many things. Scheduled last year and that had to be canceled had to be postponed and that process kept going on over and over to the point where we just stopped booking anything now we have one thing officially on the calendar which is a solo artist named mike oregano on june 5th saturday june 5th who's a one-man band and we're Hopeful that we'll be able to do that with some sort of limited capacity.
4: I guess you don't know what the limited capacity is yet. You have to see what's well, happening in June.
3: I'm expecting it'll be like it was last year when we were able to fit in a few shows, which was a third capacity, so about forty people, you know with people based out at at tables. That's what I'm hoping. and then after that, I'm hoping that we will be able to have the first geezer gig on that second Friday, its usual night. And going on that theme, then the other monthly gig that we always used to have was the Bambi Beyond Description Grateful Dead tribute with Johnny Mojo and Gary Campus, and that would be on June 17th, the third Thursday. If all goes as planned, then I have those three gigs in mind and starting to consider other things around that area and further down the line.
4: The Geezer gig has been a historic thing there for over a decade, I guess a decade at least now, hasn't it? I
3: think it's been 13
4: years. And then the Band Beyond Description thing with Johnny Mojo certainly turned into a very nice thing on Thursdays for you.
3: It has, and and that's been going on for over a couple of years now. So that's been kind of an institution for... uh, all the deadheads in the area.
4: What's your relationship with all the artists that you have booked and brought there over the years? Do you stay in touch with them every couple of months via emails and just check in? Or what's your process been?
3: That's a good question. I have developed good friendships with a number of these artists, and I have checked in with some of them but i will say there has been l- largely radio silence with the majority of them and you know with with some who i'm who i'm friends with like away from the crazy horse we drop a line every now and then but but on the whole yeah, there hasn't been a whole lot of communication i checked in with more people early on in, in the process but at a certain point i just kind of numbed myself to it since i i've been removed from the crazy horse to a large extent which is strange because it's been such a big part of my life for you know over eight years now and just kind of been on pause.
4: You are tuned to the KVMR Evening News where we're talking with the director of music for the Crazy Horse Saloon in downtown Nevada City, Tyler Blue. Everybody's waiting for the Crazy Horse to open up. I imagine your phone will start ringing off the hook once California starts opening up and artists from around the country realize, oh, yeah, we can get gigs at the Crazy Horse in Nevada City again.
3: I imagine so. I have a few people contacting me, and it's, it's kind of hard because I don't know what our capacity will be, so it's hard to tell them what we can do And with certain artists. It just won't work if we can't have full capacity shows. So it's forcing me to, you know, sculpt things in in different ways. and, And like the way we were doing it last year, when we were able to fit in some gigs, we had several solo artists or, you know, more stripped down lineups where it's more conducive to that sort of setting.
4: I've always been amazed at how many big acts you've been able to put into that tiny little club. I know your capacity is just a little over 100 people, but you have major acts coming to the Crazy Horse. So I imagine you can't really even think about them until you're at least at full capacity.
3: That's definitely true. And, and you know, I'm, I'm always amazed with it myself. And a lot of it just has to do with the reputation of the place and the history and the uh, word of mouth what a, a special experience these bands have there or their, their peers have there, and they, they want to come see for themselves.
4: We're certainly looking forward to whatever happens in June, and, you know, maybe by August, September and stuff, we're kind of back to normal, and we can do like a full geezer gig at the Crazy Horse.
3: I visualize it happening, Sultan.:
4: We've been talking with Tyler Blue. He's the director of music for the Crazy Horse Saloon in downtown Nevada City. Tyler, we wish all of you there at the Crazy Horse the very best.
3: Thank you. Same to you.
0: That's our newscast. Stay tuned for The California Report magazine coming up next with an audio documentary that first aired in December and generated tons of listener response. It tells the story of a transgender migrant who left Guatemala on a quest to find safety in California. And at 7 p.m., it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. We get support from Serenos at Main Street of Grass Valley, serving Italian cuisine since 1983, reopening when safety conditions allow with customized private dining spaces called Snug's prioritizing customer safety when dining in Nevada County. Serenos at MainStreet.com and Nevada County Public Health partnering with local health care providers to distribute COVID-19 vaccines to Nevada County residents. Information, MyNevadaCounty.com slash coronavirus slash vaccine or 833-DIAL-211. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with more news Monday at 6 p.m.